0: Turn to Proverbs chapter 3. We're going to start there this morning. I'm going to push you, start to stir your faith about first fruits. Oh, First Fruits is a stunning, amazing event that happens here. I wish it was just an offering, but it's way more than that. It is, a, it is a celebration of covenant with God. It is powerful, and so I know giving, for many of you think, oh, here we go, but I'm going to tell you, get your seatbelt ready. I want to challenge you on this as we go through here. This is something God has led us in, and as we start this year, I'm praying that the anchor of your hope is getting sunk deeper into the into the kingdom and that you are pursuing your per- relationship with God and the things that He's called you to. I don't want you to get to the end of next year and going like, ah, oh, I kind of was a lack left. No. We're gonna go after God this year. Um, already Charles has spoken and said that. There's a lot of opportunities for the kingdom to be shared, and a harvest that's never been seen. I have lived in a huge harvest through the '70s, and believing for a greater one than I've ever seen in my life. These days, we lived through the Toronto blessing, where people got w- crazily crushed in a good way in the spirit and came alive. We saw what happened in Pensacola later on. In, I think that was in turn, turn of the. Is that the late '90s that happened? Right after that, yeah, it was just amazing. So, so this one is promises to be one of the biggest harvests ever. What do you mean, John? What do you mean, harvest? I mean, God moving into people's lives, saving them from themselves and getting happy and changed, changing the planet. And so it gets better and better. I'm not joking you. And you're sitting here on Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, on a Sunday afternoon. And that's the truth. All right. (laughs) All right. We're going to start off with talking about what the first fruits are. And I just want to share with it. It says here in Proverbs 3, verse 9 and 10, honor the Lord with your possessions, and with the first fruits of all your increase. So your barns may be filled with plenty, and your vats will overflow with new wine. This is the scripture that has been given to us, Charles, and all of us were seeking God for a breakthrough in economy, not just finances, but but moving from just enough to more than enough in our lives here 20-some years ago. How many remember, maybe been with us along the journey? I know when we got to the building, we did a pledge drive, and it was the most painful thing we ever did in our lives to raise a couple hundred thousand dollars. It was just Awful. We kept saying, This is not like us. Even though we did everything we we're supposed to do, it didn't represent who we were. We wanted to see God break loose like a crazy, craziness in our, in our midst. And so, Charles, and I'm sure he'll share with you, approached the Lord, like, What do we do? And God said, Why don't you receive our first fruits? And I'll do that. I don't know what it is. So, we searched the scriptures, found them. First fruits are just take some time and go through your concordance, go through it, see where first fruits is, and all throughout the Old Testament. So great, and in the New Testament, it is wonderful. It's a powerful honoring of God and trusting in His character. Amen? The original first mention of probably was it Abel and Cain? Of course, you know that Adam and Eve had Abel, had Cain, and Cain and Abel. Abel presented his firstborn out of his, he, was a, he took care of sheep. And Cain presented his offering before the Lord from tilling the ground and God accepted Abel's and said to Cain, you know, it's not the same. It's not as wonderful because, because Abel in his firstborn giving took the first fruits, the very first thing, God, I get out of working together with you, I want to honor you, elevating you and lifting you up more than myself, more than my receiving or taking from the land and the partnership, you are first. And when he did that, God accepted that and was pleased with his offering. Both Cain, even though he did a good job and he came, gave his offering, he didn't do it the same heart, the same preeminence, pre- out, same elevation. And so God, God said to, to Cain, you know, sin crouches at your door. If you'll deal with it, you will overcome it. That's John Lee's paraphrase, which I really do like. So you understand that? So Cain had a choice, but in this is where we get the kind of the foundation. Now we give God first, we trust him first. It's a representation of of what's in our hearts, that God, you are first in our lives. And look, we're human beings. We're the one being on this planet that gets to choose how to conduct our life. We're not tossed to and fro by animal instincts. We're not driven by just our hungers or our thirst or our desires that are temporal, but we have the right and the power and the God-given freedom to choose how to conduct our lives. And this offering that we do in three weeks, 21 days from today, my challenge is is, is that it's an open invitation to dig down in and say, God, you are first in my life. Me cooperating with you, sensing where you're taking me, me trusting in your character and believing you're leading and guiding me, there are a few things I believe will be accomplished in my life, in my soul, in my spirit, in my life, not not only with my substance, but with all my relationships, that God, I believe you will, as we work together, you will overcome those things as I trust in your character. And so much so that I'm going to place an offering before I get anything, I'm going to take what I got and put it in front of you. Before I get, I'm going to give. So I'm going to first fruit you. Does that make sense? It's stunning. It It broke through in this house when we did this. What do you mean, John? Well, not only do we see finances be poured into people's lives to success, but we saw babies being born. We saw people getting healed. And now, look, I know I'm not, this is not a manipulation. This, I would be remiss if I didn't testify of the things that have happened here in several, and many, in a lot. Like, that's weird. It's so much is happening. Okay? Now, that people die of cancer? Yes, but people got healed of cancer. No, God healed like you're going to die, I don't die. That's a good thing, okay? There's Sean Russell's, the, the, the Sue Robies, and there's many more that have been healed. And that's wonderful. People who have not had children, been able to have children. People who couldn't go to college, got their whole tuition give to, given to them. We've seen a couple years ago during COVID, we saw over 21, we stopped counting at 21, 22, 23, homes that were sold and bought at amazing prices. Sold high, bought low. Let me say that again. Sold high, because you're a good capitalist. You like this. Sold high, bought low. All right? That was like, wait, what? You can't do that, this kind of, this, te- this temperature climate of the, of the real estate. Oh, yeah, well, we did. People did. And I'm here to testify by the breakthrough. But it wasn't the stuff that made all the difference. It was the heart that made the difference. The trusting in God. I believe, God, you will do this. I believe you're calling me to be a part of this. That's not counting the, the hundreds of, what do you call them? What's Pat's group called when she prays? Uh, the, um, the most wanted. But they're prodigals. All the prodigals coming back to God. There's a ton of those. So, <laughs> it's so amazing. You know what I mean? But beyond that, The possession of a person's heart when they trust God, stepping out, making room, lessening themselves and letting God come into them is always amazing because you find yourself in a place that you never thought you always wanted, but you did want it then. I'm being like God. I'm being more peaceful. I'm more trusting. I'm I'm divulging myself of myself and trusting God. And he comes and sets up shop in my surrender. Isn't that amazing? So how's that for an introduction? Okay, you got this. Hopefully. But I'm stirring your faith cuz it's January 23rd. It's cold outside and we want to go back and just chill out and watch a game. All right? But I do agree about that. But there's another game going on. There's another there's another conflict. There's another test. And I don't want you to be Christian robots. I don't want you to be people of just our time, but we want to be out of time into eternity and live like we're called to live in a different way, and if you start with one thing, put your foot there, dig in God. imagine if it could have infect everything else in your life, not only your finances, but your relationships and your trust and your grace and all the things that God gives us so we can live, live, live our life to the fullest. It's not about making you some weird way that you're not supposed to be. It's about making you full of life able to freely express, your, express yourself regardless of circumstances and situations, regardless of success or failure. And it all begins right here. In fact, it, even ten, it will warn us. Today, I'm gonna share about the warnings of great success. What will you do with it then? Because it's, it's very seductive. All right, so let's jump right in. So I have a few things I just wanna share with you. Three phrases were given to me. I'm gonna get right to it. One was called more for less, okay? More for less. Now, I know in a good capitalist society, I love it. I grew up in the car business, automobile business. We love getting something, get more for less money, right? Expend less, but get more. What a great deal I got. A discount I got. What We bought that car. We used to say in the automobile business, man, I stole that car. You know, because we had some dealers he hated Dodgers or some Chevy dealer hated Fords. And so we could buy those trade ins like amazing, because they're like, ah, oh, I hate those things. And, like they're a gold to us. And if you get them, reconditioned, them, some to buy likes Fords, you could make a big margin profit. Is that okay? This is not a bad thing. This is a good thing. It's a good life. You know, I'm not afraid to say Western world and capitalism is good. Are there mistakes in it? Absolutely but it keeps the rest of the world honest. One of the people, who, a lot of foreigners, uh, um, Andrew Shearman said it one of the most. He said, I'm so thankful for the Western world on capitalism because it keeps the entire world honest. It keeps competition. It keeps prices right rather than just elevating and controlling everything. Isn't that amazing? So that's a great system, but it's not perfect, of course it's not. But the kingdom is an opposite system. God requires more of you Okay, requires more a uh, more investment from you, which is a lessening of who you are, less of you, and more of him. What do you mean, John? Yeah, oh, yeah, I know you're clapping, but when this comes knocking on your door, you're kind of like, uh, did I sign up for this? But God always, he always pushes to give you, to, you know, you make an agreement with him in the nicest way, he's a good Jewish person. He kind of, he's like, <laughs> a little more, you know, like, not enough, come on, you can do better. You know, it's like, I don't know how I'm saying this right, if I'm like a Jewish person. Anyway, so, but God does, he, he gets you to agree with him and then you end up buying in and then you end up giving more. And that's a wonderful thing. I want you to understand that. Luke 6.38 says it like this. Given shall be given unto you, pressed down, shaken together in good measure. But it says, by the measure in which that you use, it will, be, it will be measured back to you. Is that right? That's the little, that's that little tiny statement on the end. isn't it? <laughs> Look, it's like, of course we give, but then God, he wants you to measure it and then it'll be measured back to you. So now how you invest and what you invest it's really indicative of where you're going to go and what's going to happen to you. Did you ever get in a deal with God and he asks you just a little bit more, a little bit more, and then you get beyond like your comfort zone with him? It could be in giving your time or your effort or your gift or your finances. Did he ever do that? And he just pulls it. Because he wants you. Why? Because he wants you to act in faith. I mean, it's great to control things and, and manage things, but God is a God of faith, and He's trying to, and you're a being of faith, and He's trying to get you to move into His place where you have to trust Him to get through. That's a good thing. This cycle happens regularly through your entire life. You can't get off the hook on this. Do you understand? And so He'll draw you in. The measure with which you use is the measure it's gonna come back to you. And that wrecks me from all the things I get in a good way. Getting involved with God, and he always pushes you and gets you involved. All the different things that have brought us to this point, all the faith that has built this room and built this place, God brought us into the opportunity of being involved with him, and it usually took all that we had to get involved with him. But what do we do when we bought in in a good way? When we gave or surrendered our life to it, we got this great life. Like, God, you did something way bigger than I could have done. Way larger, way more expanded, more, more beautiful, more powerful. And then the lives that we've connected, it's just been greater. So the measure in which you, you measure will come back to you. So you're thinking about just this year, and you've set your resolutions and your goals. And of course, we're talking about the, the first fruits offering, but also in all that your life, God, I'm going to do this. I know you are calling me to do this. And you know the Holy Spirit beckons your heart to be bigger, expand your heart, expand your horizons, he's going to get you to that point where you have to trust him to do what he's asked you to do. And let me just add this, you also know in your heart that that's the right thing to do. Because there's this, you know he's talking to you, okay? It could be reaching out to somebody, it could be praying for a neighbor, it could be praying for your whole workplace, it could be whatever you choose, it could be to letting go of a business and starting a new It could be all kinds of things, because I know things happened this last year that have not been easy as well. But all I've is always moving us along, which is terrible and wonderful. Isn't that right? For some of us who 70% of the population doesn't like change, it's terrible, okay? I'm one of the 70%. I hang out with a lot of people who are the other 30%, and they're extremely annoying people. But that's okay, so. Because they're always like, let's go, let's go. Like, I just made coffee. I like being here. You know what I mean? So like, I like camp. It's all set up. We're good. Please. You know what I mean? So, but they're like, no, no, let's go. And I'm like, oh, okay, here we go. So what am I saying? So there's a few things in Matthew 26. I think it says, what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world, but he loses his own soul? Well, John, what is it talking about here? Well, when we give and then we get, and we give again, because really the issue about giving is about generosity, We don't give to get, we give to receive so that we can be like God again. And why do we give in the first place? Because we're compelled by his love. That is it. The love of God wells up inside us and I want to be a part of his kingdom. I want more of his kingdom in my life because it's more freeing. And I feel like when I do that, I'm more myself than I've ever been myself when I divulge myself of my agenda and trust God and then his agenda is way better. I'm like, that is amazing. Do you see what I'm saying? But also with that is the stature and the blessings of God can overtake us. Don't we pray that? But they also cannot determine who you are. And this is addressing that if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul. So there's you partly there's a gate in your life that what are you gonna what are you gonna, what are you gonna value even if it all if you get everything you want, what will you value? If you get all the accolades, if you get all the successes, what will you value? If you have all the diversity and all the failures, what will you value? That's your job as people. We have a choice in this in our lives. You choose. You're the gate. God gave us free choice, and we can choose that. Now, he'll come and touch you, influence you, speak to you, beckon you, encourage you, but you're still the one to make that choice sitting there this morning. What does a prophet of man if he gains a whole world and loses his own soul. That word prophet goes to Luke 12, verse 20, and it talks about the man who had all these barns and full, and he was wealthy and rich, and he said, what should I do with all my money? I'll big, bigger barns and put them in there. And then, and then doesn't he, what does it say there? Fool you, fool. Whoa, that's pretty powerful language from God who loves me. Tonight, your very soul will be required of you. What it's saying is he put his riches in trust, his stuff, his heart really in the wrong place? Could he have had vats full and and barns full? Sure. As long as they don't have him. Of course I say this. As long as they don't control him, his trust in the midst of that still should be in God. It's not having the right treasure, it's treasuring the right thing. Wow. So important. So important. One more scripture for this section, and here more, than, more for less. In Acts, it says it is greater to give than to receive. Actually, the, the, the writer is quoting Jesus. It's more blessed to give than to receive. And that actual word there means. And just a note about this: I don't. Just note in the text, it doesn't say it's more easy to give than to receive. It does not say it's more natural to give than to receive. So if it's hard. Didn't say scripture didn't say it's supposed to be easy. It's okay. It's okay. It's hard. All right. It's not natural. That's okay. It didn't say it's natural because sometimes we read into things. He said it's more blessed to give than to receive. And that's a true story. So, in other words, what it's really saying in the real translation is wonderful. It says, in doing things, stepping out in God, in even giving when it's not natural or when it's not easy. We're making a surrender to him that God comes and fills that void in our life. And actually, the translation means the very nature of the giver enters into our life and we become like him. Oh, that's so amazing. The very nature of the giver comes into our life and we become like him. Bingo, that's what I want. So that no matter what circumstance or situation I'm in, flush or or Broke, my mom always said, we're never poor. Broke's different, but we're never poor, okay? But she was a little kid. Broke, doesn't matter, flush or broke, I still want to be able to, to have that nature in me to give. All through the scriptures, the Macedonians sold stuff to give. They realized they were different people, even though they were in a slave state, totally changed. Their nature changed, and they were never going to go back, ever, on their worst day, back to the old system. Come on, don't we fight every day? We fight that enemy. Every day God calls us to do things, we fight our old man inside, don't we? We fight the enemy who tempts us. We fight the world system every day. (laughs) Snap out of it, people. Wake up to this, okay? You got it? Every day you're fighting that. But God doesn't deny the reality that we're in. He overcomes the reality that we're in with his greater reality. Hmm, yeah, hmm, that's what happens. It's supernatural. It's super powerful. It goes beyond the natural and and God imposes his kingdom through us on the very natural things that we face. That's the deal, guys. It's not denying or ignoring and becoming isolated. It's engaging and changing, redirecting the world that we're living in. That's the reality of this and everybody who lived it in here. Okay? It's okay, more for less. What does that mean? That you will diminish, but God will take greater space. But it will require more of you, and always to the point where you're going to have to trust him. Secondly, okay, the other word I got was steward to move forward. Steward to move forward. What do you mean, John? Well, we hold these truths loosely, not because we're controlling them, and we have to make it part of our identity, but we do it as stewards of God's what he's given us from our giftings, all of our substance, all of our equity in our relationships, all the ways that he's made us. We use those things for him, stewarding our lives before him. How many understand this, right? Because all your stuff, you come into this world with nothing, you go out with nothing. We all heard this a hundred times that every, you know. But you really, everything we have, and you even sang it this morning, every breath is even from you. Didn't even write on the thing, handwriting on the wall. And he didn't, even, the, even your breath is what he's talking about in that whole passage of scripture. Even your breath is from me, is what God says. Wow, well, that's, that's a stunning reality, people. Okay, so, but it moves me into God, what you've given me, I'm going to steward in my life. The scripture I'm here is this passage, which you know this is in Matthew 13. You can go there if you want, read through. I'm going to tell you a little bit about it. Take a look at it. Get your Bibles out, or get your little phone out, or whatever you want to take a look at it. So in the scriptures in Matthew 13, he talks about the sower and the the seed, correct? And he's talking about parables, and it's a beautiful walk up through 11, 12. He's addressing men. Here's Jesus, not only has he gripped men's lives and gotten a following, but now he's starting to turn into the culture and make a change into that culture in verses, in chapters 11, 12. It's just He's just brilliant in how he, he deals with men's lives. You start to enter him like there could be a different way, different way, let me show you. And so he gets to chapter 13, and man, he starts to unload. He's talking to sharing in parables to people, and as he shares them, um, that some people get it, some people don't, and then when he pulls away at the disciples, why do you speak in parables? Why do you hide all this? And he says to reveal, actually the, the, the um, passion translations, to reveal the open hearts that are among the group. That's what I'm looking for those who are hungry, those who are moving past their agendas, those who are moving past the circumstances and the difficulties, whatever it is, or their successes, and they're hungry. Because remember, rich men came to Jesus as well as poor men, because they still wanted to get around whatever's in front of them, because they wanted the truth. Even as I speak this morning, and the words are of God, if they're God-filled, they're going to land on your hearts, and some will be like, oh, I don't really care, and because you have a closed heart, and some will have an open heart, like God, ah! That makes me crazy. It's going to haunt me. Oh, I want more. I want more. That's the kind of thing you're looking for. If you're tending to a heart, which is our job to do, tend to our heart, then we're going to make sure we want to make sure it's open to the Lord. So his word begins to pierce our hearts and change it. There's a ton of teaching on open hearts and closed hearts, but that's why he spoke in parables. He's looking for those who are leaning in. He's looking for those who are hungry, that will not get pushed away. And of course, he qualifies it by some of the seed fell of a pathway into the gravel and into the thorns, right? pathway had no depth or no caring. I don't really care about it. You know, sounds really nice, all five, but not really because I have a lot of things to care about. The other one talks about it 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 fell into the gravel where there's persecution. So if it's going to cost me, I'm out. I don't want to be a part of that. Imagine living a life where it's only about what you really, what makes you feel good. It's just so empty, isn't it? And it's so tossed back and forth, tossed back and forth to and fro. That's just for nothing. Just bugs me. Okay. so <laughs> Then the other part is going to the thorns where things choke, choke, because, because I really, really, really like that. I really want to give that up. Isn't that what he did with the rich young ruler? He looked on him and loved him, is actually what it says. And he says, you lack only one thing. Imagine how close this guy was. Like, he loved this guy. And yet the blessings of God and the goodness of God had overtaken, beginning to define him, seduce him into thinking, that he's all that, but he's not. And he recognized the truth of God's word. And I'm just taking a left-hand turn here. But, but that rich young ruler, he, he just was almost there. But if he just would have sold everything, he would have gained everything. Okay, now you're going like, oh, I'm not selling everything. I'm just not. <laughs> it's the attitude of your heart. Look, I have, I know God does this. I have lost everything, okay? everything. And I yet, in comparison to people's lives and what really was important, I lost nothing. Nothing. Not the richness of relationships, the, the, the catching of my soul in people's lives, the love of God still moving. I lost nothing. But stuff is still cool because the stuff, God gives you stuff. Is that okay to say that? Right to your face this, this afternoon? God, and there's emotion attached to that and blessing and he really did give it to you. But in comparison to people's lives, nothing. But, it, but God does give you things, but he still uses that to, he, all that puts a compass on your heart. Where is it really important? What's in really important? We are people, again, of choice and priorities. What's most important? What's not important? What's least important? Do you understand? This is an opportunity, this invitation to this offering is to set things again every year. What is most important? And I will trust you. It shifts your personal economy, okay? All right, there's some, a few things in this passage of Matthew 13, stay with me, a couple more minutes, okay? That it really, I could tell you a lot about managing and stewarding, but that's not as important in stories of faith like that as telling you the field in front of you for the next year, okay? He does some things here and he lays it out. He says, look, isn't there a guy that, that a good farmer that planted some wheat, but that's an evil guy planted some tares with it. Should go out and tear the tares out? And He said, no, let it all go and we'll, in the end we'll harvest it. How many know that's in the passage there? Okay, he does another one where um, he does. It's like a mustard seed, but it, it seems so small, but it becomes so large, right? I'll go back and explain this. Okay, then leaven, the little leaven, then she hides it and leavens the whole loaf, right? Then it does the 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 pearl that does the the field of treasure and the pearl of great price. So let's back up. So the first one's about it looks like a, it, the system looks unfair because the good guys and the bad guys are growing up, right? How many have seen that? Like, oh, I'm living my whole life chasing the old knucklehead over there. He's just as evil as can be. He's going to screw him in the ground when he dies. He's so crooked. And he's just getting all blessed. <laughs> just watch the news on either side. It's always, oh, he's up, or down, they're bad, they're good. It's all about that stuff. But So I, know, I want you to know in the next year, if you put your, your faith in laying anchor, it's still going to look like the field is a big mess and completely unfair. It's going to look like that. So I'd be remiss if I didn't warn you. But the truth is, if you go to Psalm 73, until I entered the sanctuary, did I see their demise? Now, I'm not talking about I'm trying to see people get destroyed or ruined or my enemies broken, but I want to see the evil system destroyed and the world system destroyed. The manipulating, the, the categorizing, the, the we're better than, all that stuff. I'm, I can't wait to see that destroyed. But the only place I really, really, really see it is in this sanctuary. When I'm in the presence of God, when I'm in the heart of God, when I'm sold out, I'm surrendered, and I let go of the things that hold my life or inhibit me, and God comes just like this morning. But you can do this over your breakfast here with a cup of coffee if your heart's in the right place. You understand? And we keep doing that all week, and we claw our way back here, and then we do it all together. It's like, whoa! And then you go home, I can do this! This is happened to me. I, I'm a very quiet person at home. <laughs> you see? Oh my gosh, where are we? <laughs> anyway. So it's going to seem unfair, all right? It's going to, and I want you to understand that. It will. And the next thing is, it's going to, it's going to talk about this mustard seed. you are well, you going to get this thing like, well, you did this, and, and you put your foot down, and you did it. It seems so small. It's just oh, It's this little mustard seed. It's small. Charles does this thing where he does the sequoia seeds. are like, they're so, like, you could get them stuck on your eye if they're so small. You know what I mean? They are just the tiniest little thing, but they grow up to these huge 300-foot trees. Biggest. It says that the mustard seeds are small for all seeds, but when it grows to its branches, it brings refuge to the birds around it. And all in life, of course, this is my translation, John Lee's translation, but it becomes a refuge or a place of source for everybody around not only giving, like, an umbrella and coverage, and, but all the birds come and rest in this. nest. the inference here. The parallel becomes a place of strength and provision for everybody. But it starts out as the smallest thing. So the rest of this week, you know, this year, when you do things for God, it's always going to see, the enemy's going to say, it's smell, it's smell, it doesn't count, it doesn't count, it doesn't count. It doesn't count. It doesn't count. My ocean of power and the evil that's out here. And you're just a stupid little Christian. No, it's not true, not true, not true, not true. Because in the meantime, that root is going down, and that, that t- 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 tree's get rid right of, like that, and everybody's gonna be able to take refuge in it. But all of a sudden, it's take a long time to happen. Look at my eyes, all of a sudden, it's take a long time to happen. But when they arrive, whoa, whoa, it's like, God, you're amazing. Better than I ever thought. I like, and I tell you, i have 40 years following Christ, and I have seen him show off in my life in, in restoring, caring for, providing. I'm just, you got a couple hours and a cup of coffee, I can knock you out, I'll melt your ears off your head. Okay, and I'm just nobody, I'm just nobody. But it's true, I've seen him outperform, show off, like, but every inch of the way, it's like, it's unfair and small, it feels like. But you, you, put your, you put your grit in it, man. You say, God, you choose how you live your life. When things happen in my life, I chose every day my menu of what to f- put my life into. God, I want to hear your word from this. I'm going to read this part. I'm going to put this part in my life, not to deny or isolate, but to overcome and engage. So I could sh- be a part of shifting that. Okay? John, this is all about first fruits. Yeah, it is. This is magnificent because you have a finite action filled with faith, love, and hope and it, once you place it in God's hands, it becomes an infinite harvest in your life. And this is the way we are made to live, like that. And it's altogether natural and supernatural blending together. Now, you can go on with your life. You can have a business. You can do whatever you want. You can invest in the stock market. You can be terribly, terribly rich. You can do all that stuff. Oh, great. You know, there's no scare tactics in this. You can do that. But if you want more of the kingdom, if you're more of who you really meant to be, if you want to broaden and expand your life and let God in, then you can do this. And when you do this, then you are changed. You become your true selves. Is that what he says? And you cannot believe the joy in something like that. A man possessed with God, a man, woman, child, possessed with God, emptying themselves out, trusting him, living circumspect intentionally in their lives and letting him transform them is absolutely fantastic and brilliant to watch. It'll melt your heart watching them and make you want to be like them. Wow. That's just a first warning. Don't worry about that. <laughs> I want to go through this so bad. All right. There are two more in there. All right. The 11 and 11 part. The 11 part is the gate. Like you're, If you, with faith and love, approach this, you're going to have to water it regularly. How many have gardens? I don't have gardens. My friend Vinny is the best garden guy. He just is so proud of it. He goes out. He has a chair in the middle of his garden. He just goes out and sits there. I'm like, but it's just, he's like, he makes me want to, I should have a garden because <laughs> it's so cool. You do, don't you? Go out there and sit there and have coffee. It's just crazy because he, he just plants it, but he tends to it. The garden you have to tend to, you're the gate on the leaven. You can have the leaven of sin or the leaven of righteousness begin to affect everything in there. What's so cool is in this passage, one of the only ones with leaven, and a good thing is that it, she hides it, and it begins, the dough begins to rise. That's just so amazing. I got to skip on past but keep that one. Last one is the jewel and the, the treasure in the field, and the guy discovers that, and he goes and sells all, come back to buy the field because it's so worth t- much to him. I just want to warn you in the next year, there is going to be a point where you're going to have to decide, are you all in, or are you not? You can't compromise. God always comes. He always brings men to decision. In every facet of our lives, will you trust him? And it's usually going to look like you're going to die. Like, it ain't going to work, but I'll still trust you anyway. And again, I'm not in denial. I don't want to deny things. I figure things out. I'm a person that figures things out and sees how God works in them. But there is a point like, I'm all in. This seems futile. Or it seems like... It's going to cost me everything. But every time he comes through, and it's every time it's better than I imagined. I can't. I would love to devoid you of that, but that's the truth. If you're going to sew it all in, then there's going to be a point like, is it worth it? Yeah, you have to say it's worth it. You can say it's not easy, but you got to know it's worth it, and I'm willing. I'll go for it. Last thing. The last phrase I want to give you is, Generate generations, okay? Start this thing. For many of you, who've been, many of us have been here, we've been tithing, we've been giving offerings, we've been trusting God for years. That is sowing seed into generations. Well, what do you mean, John? Does that, how does it affect my kids and my grandkids? It does. Two scriptures, Ecclesiastes 11.1, one, cast your bread upon the water and it'll come back, if it'll find its way back to you. Where is it? You guys got it up there? There you go. Your bread upon the waters, and for you will find it after many days. Well, what do you mean, John? Well, Ecclesiastes, in a quick context, is all about life. It's all about Solomon figuring it out and he's sharing with people. It's all about honoring God, living your life to its fullest, and trusting in Him. All the rest is vanity. Got it? In this passage right here, what the inference is or the culture is that when people traveled, they would cast their bread on the waters at flood season, they cast their seed on the waters. And the seed would be carried downstream for miles way ahead, and later on it would take hold and would bring a harvest down there, so that when you traveled that way later on, you would have food for your life as you travel. That's pretty fascinating, isn't it? I mean, that is really neat. I read it in a commentary, I just couldn't get over it. It's like, it's like you're actually throwing something into the future so that when you get there, you haven't got there yet, you're intending to go. When you get there, you'll have something to, to help you make it along the way. Isn't that amazing? I don't even care if it's made up, but I don't think it is. But it's really awesome. (laughs) Don't you? (laughs) Some stories are just too good. All right, so let me take one other one, and then we'll close here. In Hebrews chapter 7, you want to see this, okay? This is a story of Abraham. He's recanting the story in Hebrews. The writer's recanting the story about Abraham meeting Melchizedek, and he's going back, and he's saying when he met him, Melchizedek was this Christophany, he was a Christ-like figure when Abraham met him. No father, no mother, and no time on him, and he was likened to the Son of God. How many agree about that? So, If you don't agree, just take my word for it, argue with you later, but it is Christophany. Is that, am I saying that right, Mr., Mr. Doctorate? There you go. Thank you very much. Okay, so it's brilliant, and, Adam, and Abraham sows, he gives him a tenth, his tithe, into Melchizedek's Michal, Michal, life. But what goes on in the passage, it says, verse five, and indeed, those, those who are of the sons of Levi to receive the priesthood have a commandment to receive tithes. In other words, he's talking about Levi. Is, he's a forefather of Levi. Abraham, down the line, is Levi. Abraham sows a tenth or a tithe. Later on down the line, the Levitical group, the priests, receive a tithe for their substance, substance or sustenance. How am I tracking? So he's sowing Abraham here, but his, his group is receiving it at that other side there, generations later. And it actually says in verse 9 and 10, even Levi who received tithes paid tithes through Abraham, so to speak. For he was still in the loins of his father when Melchizedek met him. He was still in the loins. He, Mel- Levi, was in the loins of his father Abraham when he met Melchizedek. Oh my gosh, this is amazing. Come on. And other it's like Abraham, as he sews in, he's affecting the generations beyond him. So much so that they'll have a livelihood from what he did here. And over here, they're going to have a livelihood. Many is in the New Testament from the Old Testament. It's kind of pretty important, don't you think? So what you do now, what you start now, what you generate now is going to affect the generations. Don't you have a faith that goes way beyond your generation? Oh my gosh, I do. I'm like, I can't, I wish we could stuff it all in here, Brian. We could get it all done, but we can't because there's too much stuff to do. God, may this stage forever be those of pure heart, clean hands and a pure heart. May the worship always welcome and rush people and crash into the hearts as you walk in. it. For 100, 200 years. May people dip around coffee or whatever they drink 200 years from now. And it's around a table and they all talk about Jesus and get saved. My gosh, this is so amazing. May there be finances to have more than enough for every opportunity. May the goodness of men be exchanged. May people be unhindered in sharing the gospel. Come on. Let your imagination run wild. This is a brilliant reality that what we do now affects, 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 affects. But it'll look messy, unfair. It will look small, okay? It'll look like it's like nothing's festering, nothing's happening. It'll look like, you know, I don't know if I can do this. When you stay the course, it changes everything. Stand up. Here we go. Come on. 42. I'm so sorry. Brian, you just got to tackle me, bud. I didn't start till till three after, though. I have to tell you that. So So I'm 39 minutes right now. And you are so excited inside. You're crazy. Just trying to hold it down, right? Come on. We got a great year ahead of us. You have no idea how many lives will be affected by the decisions you make. You don't know the lives that will be affected by the decisions you make. Throw an anchor in the ground and let your hope begin to come forward. Ask the Lord. Dare to ask Him, what do you want to do this year? Where am I in this year? Keep it simple if you want. But if you change your world, you're going to change somebody else's world. And they'll change somebody else's world. This is about the love of God changing a life. He can use all my finances. He can use building chairs, whatever he wants to, boats, planes, trains, I don't care what. He can use it all. It's all about the value of one person's life, the transformation of ours. Connect to somebody. Father, pour out your grace on us in the days ahead. Specifically, in these 21 days ahead, speak to our lives specifically. We need to know. Give us a leaning, clarity, understanding. Umpire our hearts. Persuade us through the best Holy Spirit of persuading a heart. Facing all the realities, but with your super reality. Come and grab a hold of us. Open our eyes to not only you and your kingdom, but the effect that your kingdom has on the world we live in right now. Right where we are. We see you, we see you, we feel you, we know you. You're the one with abundant life. Bless you, thank you. Come on, can you lift your heart up to him? Lift your soul up to him. us individually Father help us to be supportive of one another love one another so fulfill the law of Christ help us come together in this in a most beautiful symphony of faith hope and love in Jesus name say amen like you mean it alright go watch football game have a great day, God bless you now to him who is able to keep you from falling present you blameless before the Father how amazing is that I bless you. Go and have a great day in Christ. Amen. Thank you.